0: Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to Divorce Literacy Podcast. I'm Wendy DeBruzen with the Divorce Lending Association and Benchmark Mortgage. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Justin Kessel with Kessel Group Insurance Solutions. So Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: All right. Well, thanks, Wendy, for having me on here. Um, so I uh, used to work for uh, one of the um, big box um, uh, home Uh, home services companies. And and I uh, quit that in 2016. And I kind of randomly fell into the insurance world. So I've been uh, doing health insurance uh, for the better part of a decade now. And uh, I found that I really enjoyed insurance, which was never on my radar. It was never something that I ever thought that I would, um, you know, want to do. But the nice part is, is when it comes to health insurance, in in particular, um, this world is just, it's such a I guess the best word, their dumpster fire, uh, that I've gone out of my way to find all the best ways around it and try to find the best solutions possible. And I that I'm pretty good at that. So I, I stick, I, I stuck with it, even with the, um, industry being what it is, because I feel like I genuinely help people, uh, doing what they're doing.
0: Okay. So you basically work for, uh, private insurance for someone who's
1: doesn't uh, have group insurance. No. So I, am an independent broker. Um, I. Uh, I contract with a whole bunch of companies, but I work for the the person that I'm helping. And so I, I'm their advocate. I'm there just to show them all the different options that are available and what uh, is best for their individual needs. Uh, the nice part is, is whatever company they pick pays me. So it, my services are completely free to the person that I'm helping. So I genuinely just feel like I'm an advocate. I, I I'm a, a sherpa, if you will. I, I just help them find the right option for what their situation is.
0: Awesome. And then, how would you help someone who's going through a divorce? Uh,
1: so the uh, largest uninsured demographic in uh, in the country is single parents, and so that that's kind of been my focus. I mean, I, I grew up in a uh, a divorced household, and I saw my mom struggle. Um, uh you know, trying to raise two kids and and, you know, work full time and all that kind of good stuff. And insurance is the biggest expense that that someone has um outside of their mortgage. And so um what I do when it comes to the um uh divorce world specifically is I've gone out of my way to find the options that um a lot of the time they'll get a insurance plan that will cover the kids but not the parent because they want to make sure their kids are insured, but they can't really afford to have the full um uh, plan for all of them, and so I figured out ways to um, get all of them uh, coverage for the same price as just their kids. So that's really like my my main benefit. is I'm really good at making sure that that price uh, is uh, about the same as they pay for just their kids, and that uh, quality is either equal or better.
0: Okay, and so I know we talked a little bit. I think you had mentioned before about how you work with you know the divorce team on the wording in the divorce settlement agreement? Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like I was saying uh, before, it's the number one expense beyond the mortgage. And so a lot of the times people will get uh, the mortgage payment put into the divorce decrees, but they don't even think about their health insurance because that's just not something they will you know, generally um, want to write into that. Uh, but the nice part is, is you can actually have that as part of your divorce decree where they will pay you X amount of money each month towards your um, insurance plan. And so there's um, a lot of times they will say, oh, we'll pay half of it, or you know, they, they may even pay the full thing depending on the discrepancy between the different incomes each of the uh, couple brought in uh, to the relationship. So um, a lot of the times the um, insurance can go down by a considerable amount or even be free for the person that I'm helping. So long as I talk with them before they've signed on the dotted line for anything. and um, Like I said earlier, my services are free. So it's just a consult where I can help them get a good ballpark of what they're looking at when it comes to health insurance. So they can make sure their lawyer puts that into the divorce decree um, so that they're not you know in the position where they might not even have insurance.
0: Yeah. Do you find that a lot of and I'm just thinking of an example in in myself personally, you know, 20 something years ago where he was supposed to provide the insurance. um, But how was I to know, you know, I guess, I guess it would have been more of a more comfort level for me to know that I, that I had it through my policy and I was paid monthly, right. Rather than just relying on whatever insurance that he finds. Or the other spouse? Um, do you see that a lot? Where it's like they offer the insurance, but they do want to get their own policy instead.
1: Yes, and I've also um, worked with several people who they the ex was supposed to pay for it, and they find out months later that the ex hasn't been paying for it. Yeah. So it, it is always preferable to have the um, the tr- more trustworthy one, I guess, is the best way of <laughs> putting that, to uh, be in charge of the insurance. And if they need to go through a third party intermediary like myself. Yeah. Um I can be a neutral third party in the whole thing and just keep both sides updated on it without even without them having to um you know have a conversation between the two of them.
0: Yeah. Cause knowing that knowing that it is paid, I mean, is an important thing. And so, you know, what's to guarantee that they are gonna pay and that's they're not gonna let it lapse and, and lose coverage. Um, so that's good good information. Um can you um address a few of the most common questions that you're asked by clients?
1: Yeah. uh, So probably the number one thing is, uh, what about Cobra? And so uh, the answer to that one is normally, uh, if it's a a regular standard group insurance that the uh, ex-spouse has, you can stay on uh, on Cobra for the next thirty-six months. Um, That said, Cobra is normally astronomically expensive for them to be on, and so normally there's a lot better option. But Cobra is normally a, a it is an option. So if you want to keep that plan, you you normally can um after those first three years, and of course, you're gonna have to you know figure out a, a different way around it um but then the the next question that I, I probably get the most is, um you know I've heard of this plan, that plan or the other plan. can, can you explain that to me? and and there's a lot of different plans out there and, and unfortunately, there's also a lot of junk plans out there that sound really good, but end up just being horrible plans that just like a, a lot of them don't have a ceiling of costs. so, you know, at a certain point, yes, the plan does pay, but they don't pay the entire cost of it and they can be out tens of thousands of dollars. So there's a, a lot of um, uh, learning that goes into figuring out what the best um, plans are. But honestly, the, the main question that I get is. I never was in charge of this. I don't understand the insurance language at all. Um, they've always been in charge of it. So can you help? <laughs> so that That's probably the, the number one thing where I just kind of take them from step one, say, all right, so this is what you're looking at. These are the things that you really need to um, make sure that you're, you're looking out for. And then let's just talk about what you can get for the prices that you're looking to pay for them.
0: Yeah. So you basically have different, and that was going to go into my next question. You have different options for them and different price levels. Can you kind of elaborate on those?
1: Yeah, so there, there's three main categories of plans. Um, there's the um, ACA or Obamacare or Affordable Care Act, whatever you want to call it, the, the qualified plans. So those are either group insurance, COBRA, uh, or um, the things that are on healthcare.gov. Um, those are all, they all cover every pre-existing condition out there. Um, they're normally going to be the most expensive unless you get a subsidy, uh, but they're also going to be the most comprehensive. That gives you all of your pre-preventative care and things like that. Um, Most of the time, though, those plans have far smaller doctor's networks than the other plans. And so um, depending on the subsidy level, generally speaking, or the uh, pre-existing condition level, generally speaking, I'm going to advise one of the other options. So the second option is private insurance. Uh, And those plans are generally PPO. So they have a huge doctor network and they're very customizable. So you can make them as affordable or as comprehensive as you want them to be. Uh, But the downside of those ones is they never cover pre-existing conditions and they never cover maternity. So um, if either one of those is a question mark, then that's not the right option for them. Then the third option, which is the kind of off the road uh, uh, option and uh, um, people either trust it or they don't uh, is what's called a health share. And so health shares are not insurance. They are basically just co-ops. It's members sharing the cost of other members' medical expenses. So these, um, memberships in, instead of policies works similarly to insurance in terms of how they help their members. So they'll give them a ceiling of cost. Um, they, they'll call it anything from a, a um, annual household portion to an initial unshared amount to all kinds of different things. But it's roughly the equivalent of a deductible. Um, so that's the amount that they pay before the health share, uh, the other health share members kick in and they start sharing the other costs. Um, so all that to say, it looks similar to insurance, but it is not. And that is in a divorce decree, often uh, the wording will be, it has to be insurance. And so if it has to be insurance, health share is not the right route. Um, health shares also have wait periods to share in the costs of pre um, um, uh conditions, uh, but they do normally share in maternity. So the other nice part is they're normally the lowest cost of all of them. And they actually can give a, pretty substantial, um, equivalent of benefits. I am I'm, I'm using phrasing. I'm uh, trying to make sure that I'm distinguishing. This is not insurance that and I'm just trying to give the rough equivalent, um, just, you know, legally, I can't call it insurance or use insurance terms. Right. Um, but in terms of value for the money that you pay, normally they're going to be the best value.
0: And that's going to be through one single provider. Is that correct?
1: Um, yeah, so the, it, it's a membership to a health share. And so it, they're not a provider. Um, but yes, it, okay. it, you would have a health share through that company. And um, they would tell you exactly how much they will pay depending on uh, what the situation is. Um, and so it, it's the other members, uh, basically, all the members are putting the money into an escrow account. And then that the health share just has the ability to facilitate moving one member's money to another member's medical need. So they're not huh. directly paying anything. They're not an insurance company. So they they just they told all the members, hey, this is the um, conditions of your membership. This is what the other members will pay for you, depending on what's happening. And then they just say, okay, this medical need came up. So the other members are paying this much towards it.
0: Huh. I have never heard of that, honestly. Um, and so so they can choose any doctor, any any procedure that they want on that?
1: depends on the company. Some of them use doctor networks. Um, Generally speaking, all of the ones that I've ever been uh, uh, privy to have all used either a um, PPO uh, network or they just say no doctor's network whatsoever. You just go wherever you want. Um, A lot of them will not pay for your basic care. So like your preventative care or your um, like regular doctor's visits. But there's a lot of ways around that. For instance, direct primary care is a fantastic uh, option for that. Direct primary care clinics um, don't accept insurance whatsoever. These are specific clinics that you just get a membership to. And it's a primary care doctor that does all of your preventative and primary care for you at a $0 copay. So just as a um, uh, insurance insider knowledge, for me to give you the privilege of having a $50 copay for a primary care visit, it's roughly about an extra $150 a month that you're paying. A direct primary care clinic uh, charges about half of that for a membership, and it's unlimited $0 copays for all your basic stuff. So if you combine a membership there with a health share, your price is normally roughly half of what you would pay for a equivalent um, plan on the healthcare.gov exchange, and it will be far, far, far stronger in terms of the uh, level of care that you receive or the money that you would have to pay out in the event of um, medical care.
0: Yeah, that's good information. I did actually already interview uh, Monica with uh, Impact Family Wellness She's fantastic, yeah. She, she considers
1: around. me her work husband. I, I, I love her dad, I'm actually <laughs> her client.
0: We actually work, uh, we actually work out together now, so right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's I mean, I, I feel like there's so much of this information that no one is aware of. So, I'm so glad that that I have you on to talk about it because like me, I'm sure a lot of people, their eyes glaze over when they start talking about insurance, because it's like, there's so much information. I get the bills and I have no idea what I'm really owe and what I don't, what insurance is paying and all that. Um, so this is, this is some great information. Um, so every divorce is unique, um, and everybody goes through their own unique journey, but if you could change anything or give anyone a heads up, um, a heads up to anyone just starting through the process of divorce or just thinking about a divorce, what would that be?
1: Um, so first, if they don't know anything about insurance, um, talk to an agent. Um, agents are always free. Um, so just, you know, fi- find someone, whether it's myself or another health insurance broker or or, or whatnot, um, and get a ballpark figure of what your insurance is is going to look like. Now, you can always get some wiggle room later on and, and talk to someone um, and try and get that price down or, or get um, you know the benefits changed or whatnot. But getting a good ballpark for the amount that you're going to be paying gives you a really good idea of what you're looking at when you actually go out on your own. Um, like I said, you can also get it written into the divorce decree. So that's always a really good thing. Um, but when it comes to your health insurance specifically, one thing that I always recommend to everyone is there's always a number in your head that if worst came to worst and you had a giant bill what would be the maximum that you would be able to pay without having declared bankruptcy? Get a policy that has at least that number or below Um, anything better, anything more than that is gravy, but always make sure that you have that number in your mind, whether it's $10,000, $5,000, you know, 20,000, whatever it is, whatever that number is where you would say, Oh my gosh, I, I just wouldn't be able to handle this. Make sure that that's what you're looking at for better. Gotcha. I always make sure there's a ceiling. That, that's the other big thing is there's a lot of plans that will pay you X amount of money per something that happens, but there's no limit to it. So like I said earlier, there's um, there, there's a, a a plan that I know of that will pay about 80% of a heart attack, but a heart attack can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so you might still be out $50,000. Yeah. So while it sounds good, it, it's you're really getting insurance for the big stuff. But the way that I look at health insurance is similar to the way that I look at car insurance. You're not looking for it to pay if your radiator busts. You're looking for it to pay if your car gets totaled. And that's really what you're looking at with health insurance. Make sure that you have that catastrophic help. And then anything else past that that you get, that's just, okay, great. If you have the money to do it, go ahead. Gotcha. So that's
0: why it's so important to talk to somebody like you to help, you know, because I'm sure you have some kind of intake questions, you know, to figure out what's the most important thing and what what are some concerns and what, you know, what types of doctors do you visit the most to kind of cut you can customize a policy for them, I'm assuming, right?
1: Oh yeah, and um, when it comes to prescription drugs specifically, if it's a generic drug, you don't need to worry about copays. You can just get a, a free prescription discount card, like GoodRx or something like that. Yeah. Those are generally speaking equal or better than having a copay on it. Uh, really, when you're looking at uh, help for something like a prescription, you, um, you only need it if it's brand name or specialty drugs. Right. So yes, yeah, so it, it's all just about specific um, circumstances. So if you have pre-existing conditions, then we need to see how serious they are. If it's high blood pressure, that's not a big deal. If it's diabetes, there's some plans that will help you, some plans that not so much. Um, if you you know had cancer, let, let's talk about the most secure plan you can possibly get because we don't want to mess around with something like that.
0: Yeah. So that brings up a, a question on Pre-existing conditions. So there are some plans. If someone has cancer history or is diabetic, that will cover them.
1: Um, so yeah, uh, uh, everything on the Obamacare exchange. That that's everything on healthcare.gov. All of those plans have no pre-existing condition solutions whatsoever. Right. So if you have a group plan and you're getting Cobra or you're getting something off healthcare.gov, all of them cover all pre-existing conditions. And right, you know, just hard stop. They'll cover everything. Um, It depends on what the pre-existing condition is, whether or not a health share will um, share in those costs. Uh, Private insurance never um, uh, pays any of those costs, though.
0: Yeah. And so on the health share, do do the members vote or how do they determine what's covered and what's not?
1: So when it comes to health shares, uh, they lay all that out uh, up front, exactly what will and will be uh, paid. So it's not a vote. It's that based on these conditions, they will pay X amount and it's all up front. So for instance, okay. Zion is one of the ones that I really like, and they will um they have you pay up to either a thousand, twenty five hundred, or five thousand dollars, depending on the membership that you get. Everything under that is on you. Everything over that is shared amongst the other members. And there's um only a couple of exclusions to that, like pre-existing condition, paid wait periods, at, and limits to what they will um, share. But by and large, that is what it is, and they tell you upfront beforehand, so it's not a we might or might not pay this. It's so long as there's money in uh, coming in that is enough to pay it, we will absolutely pay it. Yeah. Unless the company is going to go out of business, it will always be paid in the manner that they said up front, how they will pay it.
0: Yeah. So speaking of going out of business, so did they ever run out of money? Like what if like every member, I mean,
1: so that, that is the downside to a health share. Yeah. So if, uh, you have an outstanding medical bill, and the company goes out of business at the same time. You're liable for any difference. So that that's the extra, yeah, um, a risk that you're taking with a health share. Uh, I haven't heard of that happening. I'm sure it has somewhere, um, but they always make sure to, um, you know, make make their numbers make sense. I, I guess. Yeah. So, for instance, there was a health share that I. Um, heard of quite a bit. I had quite a few people switch over from them who they had priced themselves incorrectly. And so they got very far behind in terms of paying bills. And so they basically doubled their prices for their membership. And they spent about nine months paying back some bills, which was while I got several clients off of it, but they eventually did pay all those bills. It's just it took them a while to build the money up because they had priced themselves incorrectly in the beginning. Yeah. Um, that said, they did eventually pay all the bills. So it's not as if they, you know, didn't do right by their members eventually. <laughs> they they okay. just did some bad math in the beginning. Uh, but that's why it's always important to, when you're uh, looking into a health share, um, asking how quick do they pay? Because if they pay within a month, that's a good health share. If it takes longer than that, then you might want to go with a different one.
0: So I'm sure you know the good ones and the not-so-good ones that you could recommend.
1: Uh, so the the ones that I will generally recommend, um, Zion is my favorite by far. Um, Sidera is another solid one. Um, Metashare is probably the biggest one. Uh, Metashare is for Christians only, though, so that's always an awkward question for me to ask. Um, and then uh, uh, Christian Health Ministries, the, the one that Dave Ramsey recommends, is a very good company, although I don't offer them. Um, I, I just have heard great things about them.
0: Okay. Very good. Um, do you have any memorable clients that you've worked with? And if so, what's, what's impacted you the most from them?
1: Um, so I, I, I can go several directions on this one. So, uh, one of my clients that I I really enjoyed, she had a high powered CEO husband who had been cheating on her. And so she was initiating the divorce and she found out that he was hiding all kinds of money and doing all kinds of bad things. And so, um, I came in there just to try and talk to her about the health uh, insurance side of things and, and tell her how much that was going to be. And then I was able to get her help uh, with a forensic accountant and all the other things from the divorce resources group that, that we're both a part of. Um, and it ended up that she got several million more dollars oh, off wow. of the divorce because of them finding all that stuff. Um, a, a, another one of my um, uh, clients, she her ex was not a great person and (laughs) um, he had sworn to her that he was paying all of the insurance and come to find out that no he was not and her she had to pay a couple thousand dollars because her kid broke her uh, broke his arm and uh after that happened um she was able to go to the court and not only make it so that she um was in charge of the insurance but he had to pay it and she also he also had to pay her back for the medical bills for the um broken arm so yeah there's a lot in this um industry that that is um when 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 there's a lot of big feelings around a lot of bad things start happening and so it's nice to know how to respond to those things and then have an agent that's on your side that can help you respond to them correctly
0: yeah and who knows how to how to word things in the settlement agreement and all of that and, and work with the attorneys and the divorce team is great too. And um, what's the most important lesson you've learned over your career?
1: Um th- that the health insurance industry is as bad as people think that it is. But that that is so what what I mean by that is I have found that whenever I have gone out of my way to try and find a way to Um, Get a cash pay price as opposed to having my insurance cover it. I've not only been able to lower the insurance costs and get them a higher quality um, uh, plan or a ceiling, whatever you want to call it, uh, but they end up paying less out of pocket because they're not paying that extra money for the basically what I call prepaid medical care for their basic doctor's visits. Normally you you'll pay, you know, extra three hundred dollars a month if you want to have a copay for, for a specialist. But if you only go see a specialist even, you know, once a quarter, let alone once a year or two, it doesn't make sense to have a copay. You may as well just go pay cash, tell them you're a cash pay patient. You normally get about 40% off. So I've learned that the cash pay world and everything except for hospitalization and above is normally better. For instance, with my um insurance, I have a hundred dollar copay for a uh, an X-ray. But I know several different uh, direct primary care doctors who can point me to facilities where they can get an x-ray done for $25 or $50. So figuring out that I don't need to give them this Cadillac plan and really pare it down to the bare essentials and then show them how to get the best cash pay prices really makes it so that they can have a great um, plan for the lowest cost possible and still get the best value out of it.
0: Yeah. So. Going back to the cash pay, do you, even if someone has, you know, group insurance for through their employer or something like that, do you recommend always asking what the cash pay price is?
1: Um, normally. So, for instance, I have a copay with my insurance, um, but good Rx often beats it. Uh, I'm just talking prescriptions there. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to uh, your uh, specialists, uh if you don't have a copay for a specialist, if it just says, hey, you meet your deductible first and we'll pay co-insurance, yeah, uh, a lot of times the cash pay price is going to be better than what you would pay using your insurance because they're going to try and hose the insurance company and you get caught in between and you could have just paid less if you just paid cash uh, right there. So yes, it is always useful to ask that question. A lot of times it's not going to be with the right amount, but you know, some people for a primary care visit will have a $75 copay and normally they can go to that primary care visit for less than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, even for my chiropractor, it's cheaper for me just to pay direct than to go through insurance because chiropractic,
1: it, yeah. you don't even bother with insurance. Uh, that, that's just yeah. my own personal opinion. Uh, my my pay for chiropractor is $35. Mine charges $40. I'd much rather give him the non-hassle and pay him the extra five bucks uh, yeah. because now he doesn't have to try and get money back from the insurance company who's going to take their cut and not give him as much as he should get paid.
0: Right, right. For sure. All right. Um, any any other final thoughts that you want to share? Anything that any questions that I missed for you? Um,
1: I I, I know that I've been kind of hitting on this uh, a lot in, in this latter half of the interview, but I really do want people to understand you don't need copays um, unless you have a major medical condition where you're seeing a doctor on like a monthly basis. Yeah. Even if it's a quarterly basis, generally speaking, having copays, it's cheaper to not have one uh, than to pay a copay. So it, it really is um, all about finding someone who can walk you through that, whether it's a direct primary care or someone like myself, or uh, just going to your doctor and saying, hey, what's your cash pay price versus what my copay is? Yeah. Um, most of the time, you're going to find the cash pay price for everything short of a hospital visit is going to be much better um, than paying extra every single month in order to have a smaller amount when you do go there.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Good information. Um, justin, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, how can anybody get a hold of you? Where, you know, where can they contact you? What's the best way to reach you?
1: Uh, so the best way to reach me uh, is probably my email. It's justin at kesselgroup.net. That's K-E-S-S-E-L group.net. Um, they can also uh, text it at 512-810-3896. Um, if you give me a call, I'm probably not going to pick up because I get a lot of spam calls. Um, but yes, absolutely. Text or email me that that, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And this has been some great information. And, um, again, thanks everybody for listening.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.